again to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We have enjoyed our study through the book of Ephesians, and um, the worst part is you sometimes forget the things that you studied a number of weeks ago, but Paul comes down here at the at the close of this book, it's the, it's the word that everybody loves to hear from a sermon. Finally. So in verse 10, he says, finally, my brethren. Now, when he's saying that, he's acknowledging that he's coming to the end of this letter. But he has carefully, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, carefully crafted this letter and through it has reminded us and established our place in Jesus. And then he illustrated the basics of the Christian walk. And, and in this last section, he's going to be dealing with that walk. But the finally also carries with it this sense, reminding us in light of what God has done for you, which he reminded us in in the first chapters, in light of the glorious standing that we have in Christ as a child of God, in light of God's great plan of the ages that now he has made you a part of. I mean, this, this miraculous plan of all of history, God's plan, and He's made you a part of it now. And in light of your Christian maturity and growth, and in light of the conduct that every believer ought to have, as we've seen in our marriage, in our family, in our work relationships, And in light of all of this, he's saying, there is a battle to fight in the Christian life. And and he then really focuses and closes this book with this charge to them, reminding them of this. And, And so we want to look at some of the aspects of this battle today. We are in a war. Everyone has an enemy. I mean, I don't, I don't imagine there's more than a handful of, of individuals here today that have ever been in, in real war. I mean, and thankfully, that's a blessing that, that we have. Um, maybe, I don't know if we even have a handful that have been. So, as I said, that's a blessing. We've not known war on our soils. Not many have been been sent to the... Um, many have been in the military, but not, thankfully, not many have had to go to the front lines. Some of you have. But because of that, we are, are somewhat oblivious to what war is. Um, the aspect that that he's saying here that we are in a battle, we are in a war, and we have an enemy is, is really an understatement. If we could catch a glimpse 
of the spiritual warfare. If we, if we saw uh, ten seconds of the spiritual warfare that was going on, it would revolutionize our lives. But Paul is saying to us, and he's reminding us, that this Christian life is, is not just about going to church, reading a Bible, and saying a few prayers. This Christian life is warfare. And you have an adversary, Peter tells us, an adversary, the devil, who walks about as a roaring like lion, seeking whom he may devour. I mean, they, they use strong terms in this whole aspect. To devour, to destroy. And there's no, there's no immunity to it because of you may be a third generation Christian. You're not immune to the warfare. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. The battle is intense. C.S. Lewis said, We live in an enemy-occupied territory. That's what this world is. An enemy-occupied territory. Now, if, if, you, if we were living in Israel, we'd have a a little more sense about about warfare, of living in an enemy-occupied territory. But that's really the understanding. Many times, we as Christians are wanting to bring heaven to earth. This is the battleground. This is warfare. This, this is not heaven. And as much as we like Iowa, it's not heaven. The reality is this, is, this is the battleground. And even though we know it's not heaven, we, we want to make it a resort. We want to make it a place of rest and, and refreshment and relaxation. And, and you may even be thinking, this is the last thing I needed today. I feel shot up and beat up, and, and he's talking to me today about war. And, and yet it is. Often it is the furthest thing from our mind. And as Christians, we're, we're walking out into the battlefield thinking we're going to a, a picnic, and we're wondering what's going on, and we're oblivious to the spiritual warfare that is going on around us and in us. Satan, and you hear us say it over and over from John 10.10, Satan has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. I don't know if you've you've ever um, had anything that someone broke in and stole from you. But it, it leaves a kind of an eerie sense to know that someone was in in our home and and they took this it not only leaves an eerie sense it leaves a sense of of anger and it leaves a sense of heightened awareness from then on that we're, we're going to be more aware of what's going on. Um, realizing that, 
Satan has come to steal. What is he wanting to steal from you? Oh, we could preach a whole series on that, but he wants to to steal our joy. He wants to to steal what God intends for us to have. He's come to steal. He's come to destroy. I mean, we stand in awe when we see the destruction of a of a tornado that goes through. And people will drive for miles to to see that and observe that and think, wow. I mean, there was a a nice building here and look at it is it is just laying in in splinters and scattered for miles and miles and and destruction there's no putting it back together and again we could preach a series on the destruction that satan's brought just in families and in relationships but he's also come to kill i mean I doubt many of us here today have had death threats placed upon us, thankfully. But the reality, when someone gives someone else a death threat, it changes the way the person lives. It's, it's continually there. It's a, a heightened awareness and, and newness and understanding this. So he says... I want you to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a war. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and and you may think, ah, that I don't really believe in all that. You are in warfare too, because Satan is battling to keep you from coming to Christ. He will bring up many excuses, he will bring up many reasons, but he is battling to keep you from coming to Christ, having forgiveness of sins. And resting in the finished work of Christ that we already looked at in Ephesians. So Satan hates you and he wants to damn every person to hell. See, Satan hates every human being. Number one, every human being is made in the image of God. So every time he sees a human being... He's reminded of God, and Satan has an unending hatred for God and anything of God. So every human being he hates because we are made in the image of God. He hates every human being because every human being is a potential weapon in the hands of God, a weapon against him in the hands of God, through the working of God's grace in the lives. So, he wants to prevent that. So, every human being, he wants to keep them ignorant about Jesus Christ, or arrogant about Jesus Christ. I don't need Jesus Christ. I, I 
can live my own life and take care of my own things. And he prevents them from coming to Christ in many, many different ways. But he hates every human being. To a believer, he hates you because you have left his ranks, Satan's ranks, and you have now become a member of his enemy, Jesus Christ. You are now, everything in life boils down to the spiritual warfare, the battle between God and Satan. So every one of us are born into into the human race, and we're born as sinners, so we are identified with Satan. We're on his side. That's why you don't have to teach a kid to do wrong. It's just natural. But when we come to the point where we realize, I am a sinner, my sin separates me from God, and and if I'm separated from God, I'm going to spend eternity away from God, God in heaven, I will be in hell. What do I do about this? Baptism doesn't change it. Church membership doesn't change it. Doing good works doesn't undo what I've done. The only thing that brings forgiveness of sin is Jesus Christ. And once I call upon Jesus Christ and His payment for my sin on the cross and His resurrection for the forgiveness of my sin, I now become a member of God's family. And so, I am marked. I am an enemy of Satan. And this is exactly what Paul's talking about. It's an, it's an intense battle. It's a, something that goes on continually. So, we are in war. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. I I am certain that in the majority, if not all of us, really trip up in this area here today. We turn our focus toward flesh and blood. And we look at people and we get angry at people. We get bitter at people. We take offenses from people. We, we think solutions are going to come through mankind. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. Spiritual warfare is beyond flesh and blood. It is not a political struggle. It is not a social struggle. It's not an economic struggle nor is it even a theological and doctrinal struggle. It's not a struggle between human beings. So we ask this question. What is the one thing in life that gives you the most difficulty? And most of us would say people, maybe in general, or you might have some specific thing, specific person in mind. Or you might say the government, or you might say neighbors, but whatever it is, most of us are looking on the vertical plane and not understanding our our battle is not vertically. It's not 
against people. Your problem in life and my problem in life is not due to people. It's due to people, me and you, that believe the lies of Satan and that takes it to the spiritual realm. It's the lies of Satan that are believed by people that then affect us, but it's not just the people. You say, if I could only change those, that person, what would you change about them? Well, I'd make them nice. Okay, how are you going to do that? Unless you get into the spiritual realm, you can't change it. Because everything comes back to... A spiritual problem. It's understanding. We may struggle intensely with another person. But the battle is really a spiritual battle. And it's realizing we are in a war zone. And the enemy is not another person. Not a group of people. The enemy is what controls the people. And you know, in most cases, we never get to where we're angry or upset or even aiming at the one that's behind it all. I mean, realizing the lies that Satan gets people to believe that then causes them to go and do what they do. The lies that Satan gets us, me, to believe. And then causes me to take actions that are not right. See, we fail to realize what is behind it. And he says, we wrestle not against principalities or powers. And he brings this into a, a personal aspect of, of wrestling. Um, there's so many things... I'm I'm just curious, how many of you competitively wrestled? Just raise your hand. Okay, okay. Those that have done that know what it is. You're out there, it's you and you alone against someone else. And that guy is trying to make you look bad, put your shoulders to the mat and then gloat over you after he's pinned you or whatever. And and you can't come off the mat and say, ah, they didn't get me the ball, so I couldn't do anything. There's no one you can blame but you. Well, sometimes you may blame the ref, but um, Dan Gable wrestled in a wrestling match with the Russians And he got behind, and they stopped the mat right then and there and said, match is over, Russian won. Gable said, I determined from that moment on that I would never get behind in another match. And he never did. He went on and won the only... He said, if they're going to cheat like that... He didn't blame them. He said, I'll make it so they can't do it. He went on, wrestled in the Olympics, never gave up a point in the Olympics... Why? He took personal responsibility. We as Christians are personally responsible for our walk with God. We are personally responsible. There's no one else we can blame. 
You you can't blame your childhood. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your church. You can't blame your preacher. You can't blame anyone else. You are personally responsible for your walk with God and personally responsible for this warfare. And, And it's an individual thing. And he says, you have to take responsibility for this. And it is intense. The, the aspect of the figure that he uses, we're not going to go into it, but in Roman times it was, it was even intensely to death. That it wasn't, it wasn't a winner and a loser, it was a winner and the dead. And, and the spiritual warfare is intense. The battle is not against flesh and blood. There are spiritual powers that are against you. They are greater than we are physically, mentally. They are greater emotionally. They are greater intellectually. And spiritual strength, they have greater spiritual strength than we do in and of ourselves. Ray Pritchard said there are four facts about our satanic opponent. Number one, they are numerous. You notice he said, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He listed a list here, and they're numerous. They are powerful in understanding... Um, the power of the forces of darkness. Remember when, when Moses threw his rod and it turned into a serpent? The Egyptians threw their rod and it turned into a serpent too. They had power. Satan is very powerful. Antichrist will be doing many miraculous things to make people believe in him and follow him. Um, They are very powerful. Thirdly, they are very wicked. There is no moral code. They live only to do the devil's bidding. He is a liar. He is a murderer. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. They are opposed to anything that is good and holy and right. And fourthly, they are very clever. Paul is basically saying the wiles of the devil, the deceitfulness of the devil. Do not be deceived in thinking the spiritual forces are stupid. They are morally corrupt and bankrupt, but they possess enormous intelligence. Like spies working for a lethal enemy They seek to find the weak spots and undermine those lying in wait for a chance to pout. A.W. Tozer said, The devil is a better theologian than any of us and is a devil still. See, the devils know that Jesus Christ, they believe that Jesus Christ is God. James tells us that. And they tremble at it. They, they know who Jesus is. They know all of these things. But 
they are very, very clever in deceiving and leading people astray. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, he says, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. What do wolves do to lambs? They devour them. They, they prey upon them. They destroy them. Satan's number one priority is to devour people and keep them from salvation. And if he can't keep people from salvation, he will tempt them to live as though they're not saved. And that's why Paul gave this whole series in chapter 4 and 5 and on into 6. If you're a Christian, you, it will show up in you'll have the fruit of the Spirit controlling you. You'll ha- it'll show up in your marriage. It'll show up in your family. It'll show up in your work. And he's saying here, it is important if we're children of God that we live like children of God. So he says, the spiritual powers are against us and they are intense. They are powerful. They are many. And they are very, very wicked. And we must realize our strength comes only from the Lord. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. He doesn't say take a lot of classes. Education will make you strong in this. He doesn't say our strength must come from the Lord. We are no match for Satan. We are no match. Even Michael the archangel realized that, said, I'm going to let God rebuke you. We are no match for Satan, and we must run to God. He is our strength. He is our power. He is our wisdom. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, one of my favorite verses. You are of God, little children. Just, just like a little child. It's, it's overwhelming. Life and the battle and the war, it's overwhelming to a child. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's not our strength. It is the one that is in us. That's why the number one priority in our life ought to be our personal walk with God. Otherwise, we're sitting ducks in this spiritual warfare. Our strength and our wisdom is not enough. We must use what God has provided. He's given us these tools. We're not going to get into it this morning, but he goes through the armor. And he's given us these tools. And he directs us. And he empowers us. And that's why we ought to be... We ought to be saying, God, I need you. There is war going on around me and in me. And I need you. I I will not make it through this battle zone. I will not survive it. And that's one of the first things we have to realize. God, I need your strength. So, in understanding our strength comes from the Lord... We must draw close to Him, and and we'll be talking about that more later in Sunday school and tonight. But understanding the spiritual warfare, we must learn to see everything from a spiritual viewpoint. 
to learn to see everything from a spiritual viewpoint. Okay? Take, take the news. What's been in the news a lot this week? Israel, right? Okay? Why is there such hatred for Israel? Well, if you understand the spiritual warfare, God promised to Israel that they were His chosen people. He's got a lot of promises that He's going to fulfill to Israel. Why is there such hatred? In the last six days, over 3,000 rockets have been sent into that little postage stamp of a land. Can you imagine if someone sent 3,000 rockets this last week into Wayne and Lucas County and have the rest of the world tell you, just try to live peaceably, don't retaliate. Why is there such a hatred for Israel? Because it's spiritual warfare. God wants to wipe Israel off, not God, Satan wants to wipe Israel off the map to try to thwart God's plans and purposes. Why is there such hatred for America? Spiritual warfare. America has sent more missionaries and the gospel out than any other nation in history. America in the past has has been predominantly built upon Judeo-Christian. Why is there such hatred to bring this down? Why is abortion such an issue? Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do politicians do such foolish things? You notice I said politicians. It's across the board. I mean, if, if you had any common sense, you would say, I know this isn't good for the nation I'm representing. Why, why would they do that? It's spiritual warfare. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do you, why do you have certain thoughts that come to your mind? I mean, that just clean out of the, out of, out of the blue, just come out of nowhere, and you think, whoa, where'd that thing come from? I mean, there come thoughts that that you don't even want to verbalize. Where do you think that came from? It's spiritual warfare. Why are you tempted as you are? It's spiritual warfare. What explains the division, the anger, the bitterness, the hatred? We don't need more laws. We don't need... You know, more campaigns, stop bullying and everything like that. It's spiritual warfare. Satan is the one that's behind all division. He is the one that's behind the anger, the hatred. He he divides and conquers. Why is there the greed and the love of pleasure and the busyness? That's just another way that Satan diverts people from God. I'm going to chase money and money will fulfill my need. I'm going to live for pleasure. Pleasure is what's going to fulfill my need. I'm going to fill my life with busyness. We never start out by saying that. 
But we stop and we look and our life is just busy, 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 busy. That the average family doesn't take time to eat a meal together very often in a typical week because we're so busy, busy, busy. So we ask ourselves, who is happy with my behavior when I'm complaining about some other person? Who's happy with my behavior when I do that? It's either God or Satan. How am I responding to this? Am I trying to help this other person? Or am I just spreading gossip? Or am I pushing them down to elevate myself? Who's happy with that behavior? You know, there's only two choices on the shelf. Pleasing God or pleasing self, which pleases Satan. It all comes down, everything you and I think, everything you and I say, everything you and I do comes down to one of these things. Either God's pleased with it or Satan is. Does this advance God's cause or does it advance Satan's cause? I mean, you start asking these questions about everything. My thoughts, is it going to advance my relationship with God or is it going to hinder it? I mean, everything, this is the spiritual warfare. And if you start looking at everything from a spiritual warfare standpoint, it will change how you view life. Otherwise, you have no explanation. There's no explanation for some of the things going on apart from spiritual warfare. I mean, we could go on. The things that have taken place in the last year, spiritual warfare. And it's not minimizing it. It's not taking it out of our hands. And I rejoice what Satan means for evil, God uses for good. God's accomplishing His purposes through all of this. But Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. The fear that's entered into the hearts of people around the world this last year. Uh, is that of God or is that of Satan? See? Everything that happens, ask yourself. Boil it down to one of two things. So, so he's saying here, this is, this is the battle that we're in. We need to, to not try to make our, our, our battleground more comfortable and, and pray that we, we won't have to battle anything. No, this is the battleground. And if you are a follower of Christ, the battle will intensify. But if we're no threat to Satan, then you don't need to worry about it. And the reality is... God put us here to be a threat to Satan, to bring light to darkness. Satan wants to keep people in darkness, but he's brought us to, to bring light to darkness. So we ask four questions today in conclusion, the favorite words you like to hear, okay? Have you joined the Lord's army? You know, we sing, I'm in the Lord's army 
But have you literally joined God's army? Do you know that you are a child of God? Have you personally called upon Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and save your soul? If not, you are condemned already. And if you were to die today, you'd spend eternity separated from Him. So, have you joined the Lord's army? Secondly, are you taking the battle serious? And you tell me about your walk with God. You tell me about your love of Scripture. You tell me about your prayer life. And it will tell me whether you're taking this battle serious or not. Just saying, yeah, I know there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. If you take it serious, you're running to God to get His armor on. And you're running to God saying, God, I don't have the strength. And I don't have the wisdom. And I don't have the power. And I need you, God. Otherwise, I will be a casualty in this war. Otherwise... I will bring defeat. Thirdly, do you realize how fragile you are? I just mentioned, I can't do it, God. I don't have the power. I'm prone to fear. I'm prone to distraction. I'm prone to to being earthly minded. I'm prone to battling flesh and blood rather than the spiritual battle. And then the last one, where does your strength come from? You know, the blessed thing about our walk with God is, Paul said, though the outward man perish. In other words, we get older, we get decrepit, we get diseased, and and we end up growing weaker and weaker and weaker until we die. He says, though that happens to us physically, the inward man can get stronger and stronger and stronger until we go home to heaven. And that's the encouraging part. So where does your strength come from? If your strength comes from your own your own well-being, I don't care what you eat. I don't care how you exercise. I don't care what your genetics are. I don't care what pills you take or how much kale you eat. You're going to diminish and diminish and diminish. But spiritually, you can grow stronger and stronger and stronger. If our strength comes from the Lord... If we have a heart that pursues after God. We're going to close our service today by singing the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And there's a verse in there that says, And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us. Have you been threatened to be undone in the last couple years? Have trials in life have threatened to just leave you as a basket case? And though this world with devils filled should threaten to us undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed His truth 
to triumph through us. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He. Lord Sabaoth, His name. So I said, what in the world does Sabaoth mean? It means Lord Almighty is His name. I'm trying to figure out how we can change it and fit it in the in the songs. You know, you always hate songs that the words don't match the notes, right? But Lord Almighty is His name from age to age the same, and He must win the battle. The end is already guaranteed. The question is, what part are we going to play in it? Are we going to be a dead weight that, that God and His forces have to drag along? Or are we going to be faithful, loyal, fervent, strong soldiers of Christ that are used to rescue others in this battle and remain faithful until He comes again? The battle will be won. The question is, what part will we play in it? Heavenly Father, I pray that You would cause us to realize the seriousness of our personal battles. Lord, I pray that if there is one here today who has never joined Your army, so to speak, has never turned from trusting in their own ways to trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, I pray today would be the day that they call upon You for the forgiveness of sin. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer that we'd have a renewed zeal and commitment that we'd get our eyes off other people, that we'd, we'd quit the... the picking on each other and putting down each other and pointing out to each other. And Lord, I pray that that we would realize the spiritual warfare and that we would examine every thought, every word, every attitude and every action to make sure that it brings honor to You. That it's not used of Satan to hinder Your cause. And Lord, I thank You that you have already won the victory, and I thank you that you are in this battle a mighty fortress for us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to